This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Erica Polsonelli, and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast, where we talk all things spirituality, ascension, health, wellness, and beyond. I'm so excited that you are here. Come on in. Hello, guys, and welcome back for another solo episode. I truly feel like it has been forever, and I'm so excited to be with you here. Um, I just wanted to come on, share just in a life update what's been going on throughout the summer, cancer season, and Leo season. Today is the day I'm recording this the day before the Lionsgate portal, which I'm so excited about. And then talk about some things that you guys wrote in on Instagram that you wanted to hear more about. So welcome. I, oh, so this summer has been a really deep journey within. And I'm already very much an introvert and super introspective, but for some reason this summer, there's been so much inner work going on. And I I believe I shared about this before in other episodes, but where I am at on my spiritual path right now is a veil being lifted and me being able to see myself through perspectives that I have never seen before. And sometimes it's beautiful, but a lot of the times it is raw and it's hard and it's hard to see and feel into it's kind of like this blind spot. So we have shadows, we have these spaces and perspectives of ourself that are in the shadow. And when we start to do really deep work, we remove the ego so much that we're soon able to see other aspects of ourself that we didn't even know exists. And that's different dimensions of our multidimensional being. And that light is brought to those shadow spaces. And we're then able to see ourselves in a different light that we've never seen before. And like I said, sometimes it's beautiful and sometimes it's just so raw. And with that, as we continue to clear our ego, with clearing our ego, we come more out of the me and more into the we. So we start to tap into this perspective of empathy, of being able to see through the eyes of others. And with that, can you can start to be feel very very sensitive because you're now experiencing things not just as yourself but as this connection to everybody else around you so being a highly sensitive person uh this it can feel emotional and life has felt pretty emotional lately it's this second, third, fourth, fifth, I don't even know what awakening I'm at at this point, but it's this next level of cracking myself open, shedding more of my ego and being able to have a deeper connection with the collective. And I mean, I feel like someone's like, so how's your summer going? How are you? And I just threw that as a big... Basically, I'm shedding my ego. I'm connecting more to the collective. I am becoming even more sensitive and empathetic. So um, it's been uh, great. Like (laughs) Life as a spiritual being. 
we're all spiritual beings, but it's if we choose to connect to this and tap into it and continue to uncover more and more. And as you guys know, I'm so committed to this journey as so many of you are as well. So that's just the process. And sometimes ignorance is bliss and being naive is so blissful and beautiful. And then as we continue to grow, as we continue to go through experiences, as we continue to become more empathetic and compassionate, things can feel intense. And that's a lot of what I've been experiencing, full transparency here, because that's what we get on this podcast when we connect as this community, this beautiful community that I'm so, so grateful for. So those are some of the things that I've been experiencing. And overall, just the energy of summer for me has felt a lot slower, a lot more of a flow a lot more of just being rather than doing, producing, and that's felt lovely. And my goal was to lean more into that. So I'm happy that I have been and throughout August, I intend to as well. As for family update, there's been so much going on, guys. It's not even funny. So, okay. So back in, I don't even know what month, it was all blur. Bam, bam had to have his left eye removed. And it was so tragic. Um, He, as dogs, or at least his breed, as dogs get older, things in their body calcify. And that could happen with humans too. But his eyes, um, he began growing calcifications on his eye, which eventually turned into an ulcer and that ulcer turned into an infection. And we were treating it. We're staying on top of it. But this is just where his journey was taking him for whatever reason. So he had to have his eye removed. And being a highly sensitive person, that was extremely challenging for me to accept and move through. So Vinny was really strong and he's, he's very sensitive too. I don't think you guys get to see that aspect of him, but he's one of the most sensitive, compassionate people that I know. Um, and he was able to be really strong and just be like, listen, this is what we have to do. And this is going to help him. And we need to just accept that move on. He's going to be great after. But I, knew that it was more than that. I knew this wasn't going to just be an operation, a quick fix, and he would be fine. I really understood the intensity of him losing his eyeball and the energy of that space. And I really had a challenging time. So I was grieving so much. There was a day where I literally couldn't get out of bed because he was at the vet it's hard to even relive this, but he was at the vet going to get that done. I couldn't even get out of bed. I was just distraught, crying. Um, and that was, that was, it was hard. It was challenging. But after the operation, he did really well. The doctors were amazing. And he came home and he was having like these episodes of terror. So he would fall asleep and then wake up And it just wasn't good. He was like screaming, he was crying, and we didn't know what was going on. We thought maybe the anesthesia maybe accelerated some dementia, or we didn't know. We had no idea. And the vets didn't know because you can't communicate with an animal. You can just collect, observe, and test and try to figure it out. So no one really knew what was going on, but it turns out he was just 
shocked and he was traumatized from everything he had gone through. And this was a lot for me to carry emotionally. Um, so eventually he became a lot better and, um, back to himself. And then just recently he had some things pop up with his liver, but he is actually on the mend, which I'm so excited to report. But basically we've been just taking it one day at a time with Bam Bam. It's been really hard to really do anything other than just like be here rooted at home, local summer, which is beautiful and absolutely fine as well. It's just a chapter in a phase right now, having a little elder dog that we love so freaking much. But um, it was a very emotional process and it it really brought so much into light for me and it brought up a ton of emotions and a ton of empathy for other people who are just going through hard times and what life sometimes can be like. So that's a BAM update. Right now he's on the mend. He's having a great day today. He's back to his spicy little Leo self, which is wonderful. Um, and a few weeks ago, Vinny, Vinny does not stop. And you guys might know that he's a manifesting generator, literally doesn't stop. I have to like beg him to just sit and take a deep breath. Sometimes I joke, I'm like, I feel like you're camp counselor. Cause he'll look at me and be like, okay, what are we doing next? I'm like, actually we're doing nothing. We're going to sit right here and we're going to be present. We're going to breathe. But he, um, I just kept getting this message in my head. Like if he doesn't slow down, if he doesn't slow down, if he doesn't slow down. And I kept hearing it and I would tell him, I'm like, I don't want to project anything. I'm just saying you need to slow down. You're training for a triathlon and a half Ironman. You're overdoing it. You just have to be mindful. You have to be mindful. And, um, maybe a few weeks after I started to hear that he was playing beach volleyball and he came down, someone came under the net where they weren't supposed to be. He fell on them and he broke his foot. And summertime for us is like the best. Like it's, we're like kids again. We live in a beach town. We're walking on the boardwalk every night. We're going to the beach. We're riding our bikes. He's playing beach volleyball. He's swimming. He's training for an Ironman, all the things. And it all came to a very abrupt stop. And he's handled it like a freaking champ because he is, that's who he is. He's amazing. Um, but that also slowed us down. We were supposed to go to Lake Como for uh, my best friend Victoria's wedding. And we're, we weren't able to do that because it's just not feasible right now as he's healing. So there's been a lot just slowing us down and just allowing us to be really present. But all of these things I see have been such incredible teachers to us. And I know that Bam Bam has taught me so much about being like a mother figure and if I do become a mother one day, he's taught me so much and I'm sure it's just the tip of the iceberg, <laughs> but I've learned so much and we have learned so much as a unit and as a couple and as partners from Bam Bam and Vinny has just learned and opened up to so much from his little hiccup and his pause and we're seeing everything as really serving us and I'm getting emotional because Vinny really, this could be one of the greatest challenges for him since he's so active and he deeply, deeply believes in the purpose of this and the gifts that it has brought 
us and him. And it's just, it's incredible to watch and observe. And he continues to be such an expander to me. So I'm incredibly grateful. That's some of the stuff that's going on. And now to move to another topic that I wanted to share about, my diet has changed a bit. And I've been excited to share about this and also share the complete transparent version of this. So a few months ago, I shared on the Q&A podcast how I started to eat eggs because I just felt like I needed something else in my diet. I've been plant-based, mostly plant-based since 2017 which led to my big initial spiritual awakening. And I remember being on the path and just saying like, am I sure this is right for me? Am I sure I'm going to maintain perfect health by changing my diet to this? And I received so many signs that that was the right thing to do. My doctor, um, I would go and get blood work and my doctor would say, whatever you're doing, keep doing, everything looks amazing. And all of a sudden, I just felt like I needed something more. And I think what my journey has brought me is the wisdom to not do things the way I've always done them, but to check in with myself and make sure that things that have worked for me once are continuing to work for me. And I'm not just putting myself in a box or labeling myself as anything and consistently tuning into my intuition, listening to my body, and truly being present with what I need here and now. And so... I began to eat eggs. I felt like I needed something more in my diet. I I guess I was a little bored. And to share a bit more, I don't think I was doing the most in the kitchen. I think I could have definitely been doing more. But being plant-based requires a lot. Being healthy (laughs) plant-based requires a lot of energy. There's a lot of prepping. There's a lot of cleaning of veggies. There's a lot of peeling. There's a lot of chopping. There's a lot of cooking. And Maybe I was getting a little lazy. I don't really know. I'm always like peeling back layers, but I, for for whatever reason, whatever reason it was, I started to open up to eating eggs. And I said to myself, if the eggs don't taste good when I eat them, it's not for me. I'm not meant to eat this because that has happened to me before where I've gotten fried rice and there were eggs in there. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. I'm not meant to eat that right now. And just a few months before that it happened. So they tasted great my body wanted them. And then I actually began to like crave the taste of egg yolks. Sorry if this is like TMI engrossing anybody out, but I'm like something about that I am needing right now. And I'm still eating eggs. And recently we were on the beach one night and all of a sudden I was like, we need to get up right now. We need to go and get salmon. I need to eat salmon right now. And Vinny was like, what is going on? (laughs) He was so confused. But honestly, he was super excited because plant-based can be limiting. And he probably has waited for the day where I have uh, been open to eating more and different things. So we went, we went and got salmon. And I have to be honest with you, like when I stop to think about it, it doesn't feel great to me. But um my body felt like it needed it and wanted something from it. So I take a moment each time I eat anything that is from an animal or a living thing and I just bless it just like I should do over my veggies as well. 
but I just bless it. I set intention. I give thanks for it and I consume it in a really mindful way or I try to and I try to remember to do that. So I'm just open to whatever it is my body needs. With that being said, it's really conflicting to me to be open to eat animals. Right now, it's just seafood for me and eggs, but um, I feel such a deep connection to Bam Bam and I'm like, how is that different than any other animal? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. And when I became plant-based, it was not for compassion reasons because I wasn't on that frequency to even understand um, or feel that way. It was more for health and obviously it was because I was meant to have that catalyst to elevate my frequency, to have this spiritual awakening I have and open up to meditation. But it grew to be more of the compassionate root. And it doesn't mean that if you eat meat or seafood, you're not a compassionate person, not at all. Um, some of our bodies may require these different animal products, but it's just something internally that I'm working through where my body says one thing and my mind and my heart says another. So the thing I felt most comfortable with consuming is seafood and um, that's where I'm at right now. But I wanted to share that. I am interested in where the journey takes me. I'm always staying open, doing what feels right, listening to my body because I want vitality. I want health and my plant-based lifestyle has brought that to me for the past six, seven years and now I'm open to whatever this is bringing me. So I wanted to share that. And I feel like that's pretty much it for life updates. I'm really excited for, I have some ideas of where Evolve is going next and some new things that we can expect here and on the platform and possibly elsewhere. But um, I will save that once it becomes super clear and refined. Um but I just feel like community and connection is so important. And the more we can connect, the more we can come together, the better, whether it's virtually or in person. So I'm excited for this year ahead and all that will bring us. So now I wanted to take some time to go into some of the questions that you guys were wondering about. Um, so I just put a little question box for what you wanted to chat about. And I love some of the questions that I received and I would love to go there with you guys now. And I thank everyone for sending them in. So Katie sent in a question, which is such a good one. What is your biggest struggle working for yourself? Okay. This is a really big, juicy question. So I think the first I let's start with like the positives of what I love about working for myself. I love that I have flexibility. I love that I could create my weeks in the way that I want to. I love that I am constantly growing and fostering something that I've built from a passion, from something I feel so strongly about. And I love that it supports my health on every level, spiritual, physical, emotional level. But the biggest struggle for working for myself, I think would be two things. I think number one is keeping myself structured 
and consistent because I am an air sign and I am a projector and I don't have the largest battery and I really need to charge that battery up a lot. And I only like working or sharing from a state of flow and authenticity. I'm never going to show up on Instagram when I'm feeling one way and showing up another. There's never a time where I'm like having a horrible day and then I'm like, hey guys, oh my gosh, life is so great. And plus, well, like, no, that's not going to happen. So I think being consistent and having a really structured schedule for myself has been a challenge. And I have to say bringing Hess on has been such a help because having a team and I have other team members as well that support me, having a team and bouncing ideas off each other and having that consistent meeting time has been super helpful. Um, but it's also a struggle in creating your team and finding the people that truly want to support you for the best and right reasons and who really believe in what you do. So I think those would be two things that are challenging, but obviously so worth it. And I think the biggest tip I could give if you're struggling with the same thing of consistency or structure, come up with a structure that feels good for you. Put things in place that you know are going to motivate you and excite you. Every Monday, I have a planning meeting where we talk about content because content can become very overwhelming. I feel like we're inundated with so much information, so much stuff blasting at us every single time we open up our apps. And I want to spread positivity. I want to spread value. I want to share what I'm so passionate about and hope that it helps someone else, that it opens someone else up to meditation. So I know that starting my week with a brainstorming session, getting exciting, making content fun will support me. And that has really helped me um, have a solid start to my week. So finding structures in place, letting your schedule work for you and support you and your energy, I think is the biggest piece of advice that I can give. Jackie asked, what meditations do you recommend to receive energy? So when we practice Kundalini, we are activating so much of our own energy, so much. And if you want to just receive, I would do a really slow and deep breath work, like the vagus nerve breath work, and then go into a sound healing or maybe even do an audio meditation where you just sit open up and receive. Kundalini is a powerful practice that makes you freaking work. <laughs> it makes you work for that higher consciousness energy. So having, and that's why I balanced it out with adding some sound healings and adding some audio meditations. So sometimes you could just lie down, open up, feel and receive. So that's what I would recommend if you just want to receive. Lauren asked, can you discuss silent versus guided meditations? So I think that I want you to be able to take your guided meditation and bring that into stillness and bring that into silence. So I guess I would say that the meditations I offer are guided. They're stepping you through a breath work. But eventually this meditation is going to bring you to a space of stillness and silence within yourself. And you should sit in that space for as long as you can because that's really where the magic happens. And you guys might know that feeling. You start to enter that dreamy like space where it's just love, it's just openness, it's just oneness. 
and you don't want to leave it. And sometimes it's like, oh, the meditation's over. I should leave. Or, oh, I actually have to start getting ready for my day or whatever it is. When and if you have time, you want to find that stillness and silence and sit in it for as long as you possibly can because that is you. That is access to your divine channel, your highest self. And that's what we worked so much for. That's what I guided you to. So you can get to that point within yourself and sit there and linger in it and really take advantage of all that it has to offer because that's where the magic happens. That's where the messages come. That's where the clarity comes. That's where the blocks are removed. So use your guided meditations to bring yourself into a state of a silent meditation. And to discuss that further, I think that guided meditations are there to help you get to that silence within yourself. And maybe you're able to just dip into silent meditations after you start to train yourself and after you start to follow these sequences that bring you to that bliss state. You start to realize, ooh, this brings me to that state of silence. And now I could kind of just dip into that by myself. It's like a muscle we're working all are great, but I do think it's very important that you linger in that space just with you for as much time as you can after meditation. Kat brought up habit stacking, and I love this. It's been on my content calendar wish list um, to create a reel about some habit stacks that I'm really into right now. And I have some to share, so I'm really excited about this question. So habit stacking is stacking some routines or habits onto one another so that you can stay more consistent and you're kind of guaranteeing that you're getting to it. When I first heard of habit stacking, I was like, that sounds like the least mindful thing in the world. I don't want to do three things at once. However, The ways that I've implemented this still feels mindful to me and it feels like I'm maximizing my time and my energy. So let me share some ways that I've been doing this. Some of my meetings that I can take on the phone, I have been doing while I walk, especially the meetings for creativity. So if we're trying to brainstorm content ideas or meditation ideas, Um, we're having a team meeting. Sometimes I will take it on a walk, especially on the days where I'm feeling uninspired or lacking energy. And just by moving, especially by the beach, it helps me to tap in. So that's one thing I've been doing to have it stack. Another thing is you guys may have listened to the podcast with, um, the founder of New Face. I don't know if you're going to be hearing that by the time this comes out or if it's going to follow this episode, but the new face is the device I've been using since I'm 30 to help age gracefully and beautifully. And it is a microcurrent device and it helps to lift the skin and give you this glow. So I fell off a lot of my routines like washa and new face for a while. And I said, you know what? It's time to get back into it because I'm not doing any of those quick fixes right now. And I want to put the energy into these things that I think really help me and support the goals that I have. So each night when Vinny and I are just hanging out, whether it be on the couch or in bed before we go to sleep, I'm using the new face and he's usually using the red light therapy and we're just hanging out, we're chatting. Sometimes I'm finishing up on my phone and I'm using that tool. So I stacked that to my evening routine and that's helped a lot. In addition, 
I've been loving listening to Ed Milet and his podcast or anything Joe Dispenza, anything that gets me really motivated. And sometimes in the morning after my meditation, I will play a podcast, drink my lemon water because that's always first thing in the morning. I don't really do much before I drink that lemon water and I gua sha. Those are three things that I'm habit stacking that I'm loving right now as well. So thank you, Kat, for asking that. That is something that I've been wanting to share about. Are there any meditations to help feel better and energize in the morning? Oh my goodness, Tanya, thank you for this question. Absolutely. I have a meditation on the app that's the ultimate morning meditation, and it just like gets you going for the morning. But if you're looking for a set to energize, I would say tuning in with Om Namo Gurudev Namo, three minutes of Cat Cow, three minutes of Ego Eradicator, and then just sitting for long, slow, deep breaths. Or if you want a segmented breath, you could do in for four, out for one. It's uplifting, energizing, and it gets the body going. It gets all the systems moving. So anything with breath of fire, ego eradicator, those are all going to help you wake up in the morning. But I would also go to the live, which I believe is called the ultimate morning meditation. In addition to this, I have a podcast for morning motivation as well to get us going. And I love that one. It's a great episode. So you can go back and listen to that and that should help you get all fired up for the morning. I also think that listening to a podcast that really inspires you is so great to have playing after your morning routine. Stephanie asked, when you know, when do you know it's time to move? This is an interesting question. And I think it's super intuitive when you need to move, whether it's for a job, whether it's in a house or a home, a new home, um, I, or a work, whatever it may be. I think it's something very intuitive and you kind of just know that one chapter is ending and you're ready for growth and expansion and moving into that next chapter. So tuning into yourself, allowing the universe to know that you're open and possibly ready for a move and allowing the universe to show you signs or help you to take actionable steps towards that. And if it feels like it's flowing, is if it feels like the momentum is moving towards that, I think you might have your signs. Mindy asked some spiritual books that I love and wants a book club style podcast on them. Okay. Well, we're not going to do book clubs right now, but I can tell you some books that I absolutely love. So I'm about to start The Alchemist because so many people told me I had to read that as well as Untethered Soul. Those are two I have not read yet that I will be reading. But some of the spiritual books I absolutely love, Bringers of the Dawn, This is a book that is channeled by the Pleiadians who are light beings who I think I am extremely connected to and maybe even that's where a lot of my ancestors come from Um, and maybe even where I once came from. I feel very connected to their messages. I feel very connected to their truth and everything I read in the book I realized my soul already believed new as truth and it reawakened the truth within myself. And that's what this whole life journey is about. 
And Kundalini has done the same for me. As I entered this space, I was like, I, my soul knows this. I have no idea what I'm saying. I have no idea what I'm doing. But my soul is saying, hell effing yes. And that's how I feel when I read Bringers of the Dawn. And in addition, Family of Light. That's another book by them. Two favorite books. Another book that I absolutely love is The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Um, anything Abraham Hicks, especially Money and the Law of Attraction. I loved that book so much. It helped me overcome my health anxiety in addition to my meditation practice and just helped me to really tap into the vortex of, excuse me, law of attraction. Another book that I cannot go without mentioning is The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, one of my absolute favorite books. So those are some that I would recommend, but I encourage you to take a look around. Oh, Big Magic was also good. I don't know if it'd be considered a spiritual text, but great book, Um, especially for creators, artists, all the creatives out there. Um, But what I want to say is the universe is showing you the books you need. I promise you they're showing the universe is showing you the books you you need to listen to or read at this point in your journey. They're going to show up for you. So maybe one title I just mentioned now kind of just sparks a little bit of a zing in your mind and then all of a sudden this podcast is over and you go and talk to someone and they bring up that book. And then all of a sudden, one other person brings up the book. When I hear things three times, I'm like, okay, universe, I got the message and I will follow it. Thank you for sending it. And just be open to that. Everything you need on this journey is going to come to you as you stay aligned and in your high frequency, as you're doing your morning practice, as you're vibrating high, everything that you need to continue on this path of ascension is going to come your way. You're just going to pull it right towards you. And the universe is that magnet right there with you. So stay open to it. I'm sure it's going to come. So Mindy also asked deeper into Kundalini history, power and magic of the practice. Well, I did a whole episode on this that hasn't released yet, and maybe it will in divine time. I'm not really sure when, but the history of Kundalini is pretty complicated, and some may even consider it controversial. So this is an ancient practice that originates in India, and some of the practices that we do have been dated back to when Jesus Christ was on the planet, when Buddha was here in in this 3D realm. And we have these ancient teachings and they were brought to us into the United States by Yogi Bhajan. And some people find that aspect to be controversial because some of the the mantras are from Sikhism. And I had this conversation with my friend Hadeep, who is, he practices Sikhism And I have loved him coming into my life because I think open communication and without judgment, without ego, without 
any of those low frequencies can heal so much. And I would go to him and ask him, like, I heard that some people have a problem with this. If they see me chanting this mantra and I'm, for instance, uh, in a bikini on the beach and I'm chanting this very sacred mantra, some people might have a problem with that. And he would tell me that, yes, you know, some people that would and that he doesn't have a problem with it because he's happy with all of the love and the peace and the elevation that so much of what he has practiced has brought me in my life. And he sees us as one, no matter what religion it is we follow. But Kundalini is not a religion. It is a spiritual ancient practice that is it consists of breathwork, mantra, movement, meditation, and some of the mantras are from or are accessed in Sikhism. And I think we're entering a time where we are coming out of this space of having one guru, one teacher that's enlightening us, and that is the enlightened one, and realizing that we are our own guru. And yes, there are teachers on the planet and there were teachers that held such powerful teachings and practices. And then we realize that we have a lot of the answers within ourselves as well. And that we are connected to everyone, no matter what religion they are part of, or whether they believe in a religion or practice or follow religion or not, or where in the country they're from or what race they're from. And I think we're transitioning into this paradigm of oneness, of interconnectedness, of understanding, of openness, of sharing, and of compassion. And that is how I have approached this practice with full respect, full gratitude for everything it's brought me. And a lot of what I practiced in the beginning, I didn't even know, understand, but it was like light language to my soul because it awakened something without me even having to understand it. And that's what guided me to go deeper into my studies and into my teachings. Because if I wanted to share this, I wanted to know more about it so that I could share it on every level. So it came from India. I was brought here by Yogi Bhajan in the 60s. And it was practiced. Um, it was actually said, my teacher shared with me uh, from training that they opened Woodstock in 1960, 1960 or 1960, early 1960s with Om Namo Gurudev Namo. And which is so cool to think that everyone was chanting that at the beginning of such a wild um, time that so many people know about. Just so interesting to time travel. Um, yeah, so it was brought here by Yogi Bhajan in the 1960s. And in my teacher training. My teachers were, one of my teacher was a student of Yogi Bhajan. He, Yogi Bhajan asked him to come and open a center in New York City, which was Kundalini Yoga East. And um, he did, he accepted. He did not want to go to New York at all. He actually cried and said, please send me anywhere but New York. But he was like, no, you're going to go there. You're meant to teach there. And um, yeah, so that's a little bit about the history. It gets honestly very complicated because my teacher has nothing but positive things to say about Yogi Bhajan, all that he brought him in his life and the teachings he shared 
And there are some controversial things that have come up about Yogi Bhajan. And honestly, I don't know. I wasn't around. I have no idea um, what is truth, but I just know that the practice has been so powerful to me. And that's all that really um, was relevant in my life, that the practice has just been so transformational. And I knew by tuning into it, it helped me to access more of my truth. So I kept leaning in further and further and further. So it started and here in the United States around the 60s, and now I feel like it's that second wave. So I think around the Woodstock time, there was this initial wave of awakening the hippie energy, the uniting, the peace movement, and all love and no war, and that Aquarian, I have chills, like that Aquarian energy of community. And then this is the next wave of that. And I think that's why we're seeing this practice come up now, because a lot of this was brought to us to assist us during these times. These times that we're living in were predicted. The transition from the Piscean age to the Aquarian age slash the age of information, this was written. It was written about, it was predicted. And there are specific meditations in this practice that help us to access assistance and support through the times that we're living in to help our nervous system adjust the intensity on the planet, the solar flares, the energy that's being blasted at earth right now. And also to balance out the duality and the polarity that exists and bring ourselves more into balance with one another and within ourselves. So it's here to assist us. And with that being said, I think it's important to also note that we all have this energy of kundalini living within us and that that's aside from the practice it's just this energy energy we have access to and this just happens to be a really powerful method to tap into it i'm sure there are other ways to access it this is the way that i was introduced to this power and this energy that lives within me and it 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 was just so efficient effective and powerful and transformative and mind-blowing that it guided me to go even deeper. And I just knew I had to share this with so many more people. So that is um, just a little bit about the history and where we are now with the practice. And I'm excited to see where it brings us. And the really awesome thing about this is that so much of it is science-based. So there's even though mantra seems so woo-woo and spiritual, there's a really powerful connection to what's happening scientifically in our body as we chant mantra. There's a powerful correlation to the breath and what it does to the nervous system, helping us to tap into the parasympathetic nervous system and enter that state of calmness, of peace, of bliss, of balance. So I think it's um, important to find what really connects you and works for you and allowing that to guide you. And another thing I love about this practice is how 
it can open you up to so many more modalities. I'm able to access energy work in a whole different way because I started to clear out the density through this practice and let in more light and let in more of that prana, that life force energy. So when I sit for a sound bowl or a sound bath, I experience it on another level. When I go to a forest yoga or vinyasa yoga class, I have a full body high because I've worked through so much density that now with another modality, I'm able to access more of that. If I go for spinal energetics, um, experience or a Reiki or energy clearing experience, whatever it may be, I can experience it on another level because the practice makes us more sensitive because there's less of the thickness. There's less of the layers that's building up around our soul and our energy field. All of that hardness starts to melt away and to shift into this high frequency of light so we become more sensitive to everything. And sometimes it's an absolute blessing and it's so cool and we could feel how sensitive we are and we could feel energy. We could receive messages from other people. We can have telepathic communication. We could feel what someone else is feeling, whether they're saying that or not. And then there's other times where it's hard because we're so open. And life can be really heavy at times. And being sensitive, we could feel that on another level. But I want you to know that you're not alone. Um, I constantly think about the light workers that I listen to and I tune into and I follow. And I'm like, I know that other people are experiencing this too. I know that I'm not the only person with these um, heavy feelings at times and the deepest empathy for other people, whether I know them or not, I know I'm not alone. We're all in this journey together, especially all of us who are doing this work. We're all on this path together. And sometimes it feels heavy, but we are shifting the frequency for the collective because we are all connected and the work we do within ourselves does not stop there. It does not stop there. It is creating ripple effects out into the collective energy. So you are here for a reason. You're on earth right now for a reason. We're part of this evolved community right now for a reason. And I want you to visualize thousands of us together tuning into the meditations, tuning into the podcast, feeling and vibrating to our truth. And your truth may be different than my truth. And that's beautiful. And that's what it should be. But as you tune into these high frequency teachings or practices or whatever, you start to vibrate more of you. That's my intention. Just for you to vibrate more of you and more of that frequency of Satnam. And as you do that, you go out into the world as you, this shiny star that's spreading more light, that's busting through the matrix, that's busting through programs. And then all of a sudden you, in your, your authentic light, touches someone else in some way, maybe on the street, maybe in the grocery store, maybe anywhere, maybe in a really close personal relationship, a family member, and you start vibrating this truth. And then that person starts to say, Ooh, that feels weird. What is that, that you're vibrating? Then all of a sudden they're like, Ooh, 
Ooh, that's authentic. That's organic. That is you. That's your soul. And I feel that and I observe that. And I want to do that. And I want to feel that. And I want to observe it. What are you doing? You look different. You feel different. You move different. You speak differently. And then you spread that and you inspire other people. So I just want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you so much for being part of this Evolve community. And thank you for being here and doing this work during the biggest transition on earth. I love you. I'm sending you so much love, so much gratitude. May the long time sun shine upon you. Sat Nam.